welcome. My name is Tracy Cook and this is a podcast series, Victim to Victory. This series gives a voice to those that have overcome obstacles in all forms that dare greatly to share their real stories. Amazing humans like our upcoming guest that has seen hope and risen above those adversities to become victorious, that now are the visionaries of tomorrow, that go on to support and inspire others to do the same. And please subscribe and comment to share out all of these impactful podcasts. We have a very special guest with us today, Aaron Liang from China. Welcome. Nice to meet you all. I'm here. Uh, my name is Aaron, and I'm very grateful to be on this podcast today. We're How's very excited. <laughs> We're very excited to have you because you are an absolute powerhouse. We're pre-show talking, and you are a world champion impromptu speaker, a TEDx uh, head coach. You're also um, really experienced in the public speaking arena with your own uh, public speaking studio. You are an NLP certified practitioner and a virtual and holographic expert and an international keynote speaker, a senior corporate trainer. You are absolutely amazing. I know how much um, you are advocating for speaking, being real, being authentic, and showing a professionalism at a level that most people don't actually get to experience or see. Aaron, you're a powerhouse. How did you get to this position and where does your story start? If I have to trace back to where I was born, no, just kidding. But I mean, I'm just thinking about where should I start from. I start from the age of four. Then maybe it's a it's a nice start there. So I was uh, I was born in Hong Kong, and then during the time I was sent to other places uh, to study. Uh, I was sent to different places, including like Singapore, um, Australia, Europe, and UK, whereby I was studying there for quite some time. Oh, I think one of the most challenging aspects that that kind of grind me into death is that I I had a I was wandering on the streets. I had experience once when I was very young. I was wandering on the streets uh, because I was trying to be alive. I want to explore the world out there, but I was really young. I don't know how to communicate with different people. I simply just like try to seek for help. So I ran away from home. A little bit, and then that time it was uh, it was due to personal reasons why I ran it. So don't worry, don't don't send police to catch me. Although they caught me in the end. So that time I had the most extraordinary adventure, whereby I start to communicate with different people. Uh, I start to knock on doors for survival, and it's very unique because at a young age, around like four to five, you wouldn't be doing that. I you don't even know your ABCs. And communication would be hard at that time. So I know to the doors and then maybe ask for a bottle of water, um, find a place to stay. But for a young kid, there's only hopes for survival. But then that actually allows me to meet awesome people that talk to, like they care about me. I start to feel the warmth in the world instead of being sent to a foreign place whereby I am very new and I don't know what I'm doing there. So it's just for education that my parents make the best decision for me at the time um, due to various consideration. And as I go along um, through the experience, I've met three people that changed my life in a way. Uh, number one would be 
a pianist. Actually, that pianist has passed on, but that pianist has left me a melody of life. A melody of life meaning always stay positive in doing a lot of different things. Uh, because when you maintain positivity, you have different innovations and aspirations to go for ideas that strikes you. And then number two, there is a which basically a grandpa, a a elderly figure that was playing Chinese chess. I have a very strict ethic to Chinese chess. I was playing with Chinese chess, and he was sharing with me a lot of wisdoms. That's where I spend most of my time. A loitering on the streets to get a get a life, and then learn and master Chinese chess, which is a game.、Um, it's just like it's different from international chess. It's a tactical chess that has certain restrictions that is not as flexible as international. And then that person came on sharing life experience that at that time I don't understand much. Until now, like I start to reflect. Yes, I have realized that what he was sharing was gold. So this person had left a lot of codes and wisdom. And finally, the last person that really inspired me is that auntie. Basically, he she actually make a very nice pot of、um, fried rice, and that's the exact warmth that I was needing because I was starving on the streets. So it means it get let me know about gratitude and also appreciation that grat、uh, things that are given to you is not a fixed given, but always appreciate people's gratitude along the way. So I start going by there, learn my life lessons until my secondary school days, where I was severely bullied. <clears throat> severely bullied, where whereby basically there's a big prejudice in Singapore at that time, and I was facing a lot of different school bullying, and teachers were even bullied too. Even the teachers were bullied, so it was kind of settling、uh, in some way, and I lost my voice. The voice that I had when I was young, I still try to be curious. I start to really engage with people. I lost it totally that time. I was becoming very introvert. I stopped trusting anyone, and even one of my most dearest person has passed on at that time. So lots of losses, lots of downs, and I actually wanted to end my life that time,、uh, because I thought there's nothing to hope for. So for the next two years, I start to lament over the death of my dearest friend, and it took me one to two years to get out of it. So after that, I realized that many people who are alive, they have stories to tell, they have dreams, they have aspirations. But then, if they passed on, even if they have that dream, it's no longer a legacy that can be passed on to many generations. So that's why I started my career in terms of public speaking, finding my voice, really finding people's voice along the way. So I started public speaking when I was eighteen. I was dragged by my dad、uh, to Dow Carnegie.、Uh, it's a company basically trading on communication and leadership.、Uh, they he thought that I need the friends when I was super emo. I stay in my room. Imagine a method whereby I was stuck in my room in the dark, dark place, no windows, just close my curtains because. I do not want to go out there and trust anyone anymore. That's how bad I was feeling. But as it goes along, I start to realize that sharing stories really helped me to get over my own situation. So I was thinking, wow, public speaking has healing effects. So, and also not just that, it helps people to find a voice, find a confidence, get the opportunities out there. So that's where I started my own career when I was eighteen. Um, that time I was still like a very nice, pump, a very nice, thin gentleman. That time, 
that is striving for ambition to speak, only speak. But as the time goes along, uh, there are different different ups and downs, and I start to be an enthusiast to refine, innovate new speaking styles and ideas. And I discovered that over my 16 years of experience in public speaking industry, I have a lot of different people. Um, have a lot of people in terms of an orphanage, hospitals, uh, even prisoners to find voice and also people with disabilities. And start to refine us. Like currently we have online recording on Zoom, right? We also have the situation whereby now it's the hybrid era or the virtual era whereby communications will be online. I started knowing knowing the the factors back in the days. Uh, back in the days, like 2009, I asked myself one question. What happens if we stop face-to-face communication? What are the backup plans? And I start to refine on this. And, and I have over like 13 years of experience just in this field that many Fortune 500 companies are seeking for, and I help them to elevate even more. So that's why I become the expert in this field. But most importantly is I dedicate myself with a live mission 50,000 people every single year to help on public speaking, to help them to elevate it. Uh, that's my goal. Uh, I achieved this goal three time, uh, three years in a row already. So it's a pretty good uh, achievement. We still keep on doing it for a lifetime. So that's what I would be like delegated for as a life mission. In 50 years time, I actually plan to start out my public speaking university. So it's not just this. I founded my own studio. I actually wish that it becomes a university that's publicly recognized so that education is not the key thing, but skill set is the key thing. Everyone has that skill in their voice, in their stories. So that's where I start with my vision now. I love how you took us through a journey of that four-year-old that's knocking on doors and and through the bullying, you've lost your voice. And I think Les Brown once said as well that the graveyard is the most expensive real estate on earth because that's where our dreams go to die. So if we don't find our voice and we, we don't stand up for what we believe in, if we don't show people who we are beyond a sale, if we don't actually live our own true authentic life and have that that connection with other people through our voice and through our stories, then we're just robots living day to day. So I'm so glad you took us through that journey, Aaron, because that's just such a insightful view of how finding your voice can empower you. And like you said, 50,000 people for the last three years. Wow, that is just absolutely an, a credit to your dedication, your mission and your passion to be able to serve people at just such a higher purpose as well. So on your journey now, where you are now, you're helping others. There's 50,000 people for the last three years going through your public speaking program. You've been on a TEDx stage. You're an impromptu world champion. Where does that leave you now in your journey? I think it leads me to keep on striving your ideas. Uh, I mean, even if you win the championship, it's still a, it's still a starting point. Because it's just like you're born in this world. You have so many things to learn. If we stop learning, we stop growing. So at this stage, although I'm like a Fortune 500 company trainer, and I also train all ages from four years old all the way to 96 years old, I still do train them because it actually helped me to refine my process in terms of cross-cultural communication. I learned different cultures and stories. It's just like sitting at home. No, just, just kidding. But currently it's like stuck at home, right? 
uh, all stuck at the workplace. You cannot travel around the world, but you get to know stories and wisdoms from all different people. You're getting years of knowledge just from knowing the stories. It's a learning process too. No, so not just cultural wise. I also learn how to talk with the younger generations. Even my sister, my sister has around eleven years difference. Sometimes I feel that I don't, don't can't communicate effectively with her. Like what the newest programs. Application Instagram, what Facebooks are for old people? <laughs> like there are different things that happens there. There, there are many different things that I got to learn. I, I don't want to end up in my life whereby, as the saying Asian goes, that when you go older, it becomes like where you start to. When I start on the stage, whereby I imagine myself seventy years old, and I do not want to be the person that's like, what is this technology? I do not know what to do with it. I want to be on a constant note of learning so that I can be prepared and get involved in chatting with all generations. And that's one thing that I fall about. Even when you won the top, which is you thought is the height of the things, it's only what you presume to be the height. Is there are so many things even higher than this? If you stop here, that's the limit that you can go. So I always keep on improving on it. So even nowadays, I still try to refine. What sort of ways can I do with impromptu, and then <clears throat> refine into different ways, like uh, enhance my skills in improv, improvisation, whereby impromptu with uh, with different scripts and stuff like that, but also can be ad hoc. So it's like refining different skills so that I can be much more tangible. I'm like, for example, I'm not a good joker. I don't like to make jokes, and this has been my biggest weakness in my whole public speaking. I mean, like I can do any public speaking trainings, but in terms of humor, I know I'm not a humorous person. I definitely don't like to even make people laugh because I kind of laugh myself sometimes. So the thing is,、uh, when you have your weakness, it's time to refine it even more. So there's so many things to learn, and. And even corporate training skills, there are always new things there out there. Every few months, there's something new. There's something new improved. It matches the standards in the global industry. So that's where we can keep on refining. So I'm at the stage of still learning, still learning, still growing.、Um, but the only difference is I get older with a very naive mind that says I want to learn everything in the world at as my lifetime. I do not want to live a life without regrets. I do not want to live. I do want to live. <laughs> yeah, see, that's that's what happens when you're in the flow. I I I love how you really touched on um, it, you know, living the life, you know, with with no regrets as well. Because if we don't evolve, I mean, how many times do we speak to kind of an elder or senior generation, and they're like, "Oh, I'm too old to learn that." No, you're not. You're not too old to learn it. You just don't want to because <laughs> you've you've fallen into your lot in life, and you just think,、oh, "I'll just ride it out until the end." Now, and you never stop learning. I mean, I'm in my mid fifties, and I'm still excited learning about the metaverse and things like that. Now, we we're talking pre-show about virtual reality and things like that, and it's just mind-boggling that with our lived experiences, like your story and many other people's stories, and many people that are on your stages that you're training and corporate. That you're training of all ages, that they've got these stories, you know, and when we put that out there to the world, we're not only unlocking someone's prison at times, but we're also really 
encouraging people to live their their to their potential as well. And that's what stories stories do. What's the biggest thing that you've seen through your experience with people telling their stories? What would you say the biggest biggest thing that stands out to you is? Mm, I was thinking about there was there were two incidents where I was saying. Uh, number one big incident is that when you're noticing on this on the stage that is an awesome speaker, very inspirational, and s- after the speech, that person comes up to me and say, "This speech is dedicated to you. You inspired me to change who I am today." So I mean, like that is like a touching moment whereby you, as a speaker, there are so many people that we speak to, we cannot be. I mean, like possibly record or know every single one that we have helped. I mean, if you have a good memory, that's good. But for me, my age, my brain is is going downhill. I can't remember every single one that helped. But when there's a speaker that has been changed or transformed due to what you say, inspirational speeches or like personal stories, you you feel that it's worth doing what you believed in. It's something that keeps on my passion. So this is one incident that really transformed me so much more. And the other one, I mean, I have trained companies like Alibaba, Tension, um, Google, Microsoft. You name the top 500, around like 80% I do trade it. But one of the most impactful moment is when I was doing trainings in a hospital. And this is a project with hospital patients with terminal ill diagnosed. Uh, I mean, like they are terminally ill. And they are living like in a condition whereby it's like a hopeless, hopeless state. They don't want to talk with people anymore. They simply just feel that life isn't worth, worth living for. It reminds me of the days whereby I wanted to end. I mean, in my lifetime, I, I want to end twice. One is that time. The other time was actually a couple of years ago, whereby I, I simply lost in my belief in trusting uh, and a nonprofit organization. But then the thing is, when I look at them, I start to see pictures of myself that what do I really want at that moment? Is it that sometimes I just want to live in hopelessness? It's not. It's because they have fought. They have tried they do not know what to do next. So I started programs, uh, have been doing that for quite a long time already, like for the past 10 years, programs for different hospitals around the world to start a speaking program to help them to share their stories, just like what we're doing here. It's that it's more practical. I help them to connect with different people that they want to share with. It's not just one fixed host, but like they want to talk with um, some very famous individuals. I help them to connect to it, if possible, if, in my abilities. If not, then I I can help them to craft their whole video and then help them to send to it, even though we might not expect a reply. So when they are speaking and sharing the stories, I even create different places whereby they can share the stuff, they can share with other in, uh, other patients along the way, and I start to see changes. Changes in their eyes filled with sparkles, energy. I start to see them changing for the better. And some, amazingly, has 
improve on their health conditions, which is not explained by science. So, I mean, that's the second thing that has kind of transformed my whole understanding about what public speaking can do. It's not just a tool to speak. It, it's not just a tool to heal yourself. It's also, a, it's also something that you can make an impact to others and change your mindset along the way. So that that really makes me so much relieved when I see some people who are being diagnosed or labeled with a terminally ill uh, label there and they recover from it. And to me, that's like the biggest gift there. Oh, 100%. That's just so touching. And especially going into um, hospitals where they just don't feel like talking to somebody, but, you know, every every story has merit, every story is worthy, and everybody can help somebody else through the power of stories as well. And uh, what kind of message would you like to leave the audience on today? I think the, the key thing that I want to offer to the audience is that always believe in your voice and connect with it. Sometimes there's an even basic exercise that many of us will be hesitant to do. is to record your voice and listen back. It seems like a very simple exercise, but most of them are actually worried about the latter, which is listening to the voice. Sometimes because we didn't really connect with our voice or believe in it, and that's why it's not out. Believe in what you say. Believe in what you can hear and share. Once you believe in that, to connect the world with your voice, you are actually affecting things around you. Even if it's not your purest intention just to start a revolution to change things, but at least people will hear you. You never know. They might be the next person that will approach you and have a deep conversation with you. So always believe in your voice, no matter what people say. Hey, uh, don't share it. Uh, I don't like what you say. Share it in a different way that may make people feel connected, understandable. People are not meant to shut people's voice. It's because our voice are presented in a different way that is perceived to be self-defensive and stuff. So when I say believe in your voice, it's also about how your voice sounds like and how you can refine it to be a better one, just like stories. Believe in the stories and voices within yourself. Share it, and I'm sure, just like not just Tat, which I'm working for like for the past five years in coaching, it's about how... It is meant to spread it out around the world. Whenever they hear it, they feel inspired. Even if they don't feel inspired, at least you try your voice connecting to them. So, yeah. So that's that's the message I want to leave you. I love today. that. And even love if it's that. just having a conversation with your mum or your dad or your brother or your sister, your auntie, your uncle, just that one person that you want to be able to have a conversation with, not necessarily change the world, but maybe it's a conversation, you know, that's going to break bonds or remember 
bonds as well. I love that, Aaron. That is just such a powerful insight into the speaking world, into your story. And thank you for being so brave to share your story as well. You're so appreciated in the Victim to Victory community. We'll definitely be sharing where to connect with Aaron. If you're thinking of public speaking, if you're needing a mentor or you need some guidance as well, please connect with Aaron. His links will be shared here as well. And you can find the Victim to Victory podcast on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple. And if you got value from today, which I know you did because Aaron is amazing, please subscribe and comment and share. And don't forget about the Launch Brand and Market podcast course in the show notes as well. Let me leave you with a message and a big thank you to Aaron here today on Victim to Victory of wear your story like a superhero cape and not an anchor. Appreciate you, Aaron. We'll see you on the next episode. Oh, 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 oh,